I've been looking all over for you. Are you okay? It was weird. I was at the beach. You did school? No, silly. The beach in another dimension. You saw me in class. I was just sitting there, and then the next thing I knew, I was in the ocean. Now you've totally lost me. Then, on my way to the nurse's office, it happened again. I was surrounded by water, and then... I saw one of them. What do you mean, one of them? Digimon. They keep trying to take me to their world. I don't know if I can resist anymore. Welcome to Gimmicks, a podcast about the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking gimmick episodes of TV, from musicals to noirs to an H.P. Lovecraft cosmic horror homage. I'm Derek B. Gale, and who's with me today? My name is Josh Moore. I'm a writer, I guess, would be the... That would be the (laughs) the safest, uh, most concise way to to put it. Writer and fan of... Um, Digimon and and all things uh, digital. Nice, nice. Hey, Josh, do you know who happened to put the jelly donuts in the swimming pool? <laughs> oh, I like to think it was me. I, I'm a big I'm a, I'm a big jelly donut <laughs> fan. It's a uh, one of my many uh, vices uh, in, of the sugary kind. <laughs> well, then why would you waste them by putting them in a swimming pool? Well, I mean, try, trying to trying to share them with the birds and and and, and whatever uh, creatures might end up uh, trying to swoop in. <laughs> that works. That works. We are talking about Digimon, specifically Digimon Adventure Zero Two or Season Two, as it was called in America, Episode Thirteen, entitled "His Master's Voice" in English, and the much more on the nose title "Call of Dagomon" <laughs> in Japan. For those who are unfamiliar with Digimon, before we get a little deep into it, uh, Digimon, also known as America as Digimon Digital Monsters, is a franchise created in 1997 by Akiyoshi Hongo, which is the pseudonym for the creative team. Uh, It started out as virtual pets, but uh, after that, the series kind of very quickly expanded with much deeper lore, manga, card games, and anime. Uh, In particular, 1999's Digimon Adventure, which is an anime series that pairs like special modern day chosen children known as Digidestined with a Digimon partner that complements their personalities and helps them like work through personal issues and the Digimon become more powerful as the children grow as people uh, all with the ultimate goal of saving the digital world and human world from some great evil or apocalyptic event depending on the uh, situation and series this particular series we're talking about today is Digimon Adventure Zero Two which ran on Fuji TV in Japan and Fox Kids in America from 2000-2001 takes place a few years after the first Digimon anime uh, with a mixture of new and returning characters uh, learning new forms of Digivolution to fight new evils. So Digimon as a show and a franchise was wildly popular in both Japan and America through the early 2000s. It was the biggest Fox Kids hit of 2000 and one of the biggest hits in in Fox Kids' entire history, really. Uh, It's persisted with multiple animes, continuities, and games, and theatrical film releases continuing 
continuing to this day. But before we get deeper into it, Josh, what is your personal history with Digimon? So it so you know the original series premiered I guess ninety nine you know the year before this this you know, season two, and I, I would have been nine or ten I guess depending on when it premiered. Mm-hmm. But you know so so about ten years old we'll say, um, <laughs> and. And, you know, so it's like I'm like the perfect demographic, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerdy kid, you know, elementary, late elementary school going into middle school. And <laughs> it was, a, you know, I just came at a good time. I was, um, you know, a big Power Rangers guy, uh, still am. That was something that really, you know, hooked me. And so I was watching Fox Kids a lot still. And so this premieres and, you know, you're watching cartoons and everything. And But as far as Digimon, though, it was just something... You know, I, I, I think like most, you know, people my age, I went through the Pokemon thing and, and got hooked on that. And, you know, some people, it was always this thing. It's like, oh, you're either in the Pokemon camp or you're the Digimon camp. Mm-hmm. Well, I was never, I was, I was a very inclusive. I was like, I want to lock them both. And, <laughs> and, and, and Digimon though, I was always more, you know, I love, I, I love the, the games and stuff with Pokemon, but for Digimon was, it was the first anime and, and it's like, I'm still, you know, that's one of my blind spots when it comes to sort of, you know, geek culture mm-hmm. is it's still in a lot of ways anime because it's just not something I've really ever connected with. I, I don't, you know, I wish I could, I wish I could mm-hmm. um, sometimes more, but, but like Digimon and po- like that's, that's the one, like if I had to pick one, it, that's kind of the thing that's always sort of stuck with me and I've really got invested in mm-hmm. Um for whatever reason. And, and I think, you know, a lot of it goes back to what you're, you're talking about, but just the, the, the core premise of the show is you have these monsters that the kids bond with and they sort of, you know, you have these different, a lot of different personalities and, and, and you have the, you know, I think <laughs> kind of tying it into Power Rangers a little bit. I think the, the Digivolution stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, it's sort of like a morph sequence. It's got those sort of <laughs> things going on with it that really, um, sort of that that henshin morph type thing going on that's you know you know so prevalent in tokusatsu you know that genre right. so i think that's part of it part of it for me too is it just it's it's a very different kind of show but it sort of has those elements that that sort of intertwine oh absolutely yeah i mean absolutely it's like you want to like the way that you like seeing some of the same like morph footage and stuff over and over again you like seeing the digivolution footage over and over again and stuff like that like it just kind of sticks in your brain when you're a kid and the color codedness of everything it, the yep, connection yep. totally makes sense yeah oh yeah yeah the color code yeah that's like and it's funny it's i was funny i was you know rewatching some episodes you know um including you know the one we're talking about uh, in preparation for this and and the the you know the the little the whining noise the, the, the <laughs> like it's like it's like for me that's like i call it, like i love it yeah and you know my, my wife is in the room next to me and she's like oh my god i forgot about that and she like didn't she hated it <laughs> like it was like piercing it's like to me it's like oh that's like you know that's nostalgia it's yeah. like i love that noise and so i'm like threatening her like i'm gonna make it our uh alarm clock noise and stuff. uh. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like Fox kids. It was so popular. So like Fox kids, especially in the first couple of seasons ran the shit out of Digimon. So like you would the same, you would see the same episodes over and over again. And so like those sounds are going to be like embedded into your brain. So like, yeah, it's like, 
I also kind of get why that would seem like a very ear piercing sound, but it, oh yeah, but it's also like, but it feels makes me feel so comfortable because I heard I've heard it so many times in my childhood for such a long time in in like and every time I revisited it, like it's yeah, it, it's so funny. Oh yeah, it's it's you know because I think a lot of times when you're you're revisiting things, it's I don't know that sound, or at least you know for me, I don't think of sound necessarily as one of the first things that I come back to when I'm thinking about like especially with TV shows. But 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 it really Digimon is is it, it it's it is a very sound centric that you, yeah. you have the the and especially this season, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they really went in on the. Uh, um, you know, early two thousands kind of pop punk, <laughs> pop rock kind of music, oh, and, yeah. and putting that stuff in. Oh <laughs> yes, which I, you know, I, I, I'm sure. You know, I, I'm not as I'm not so deep into the Digimon fan base that uh, you know. I'm sure there's big. I'm sure it's a divisive debate about whether those the dub handled that well and all. But I think it's fun for me. It's a nostalgic yeah. thing, and it's something I connect with. It on a planet gone mad. Seven ordinary kids are about to discover a world they could never imagine, and where nothing is as it seems. But hold on. In this place where dangers threaten from all sides, the only line of defense is... Watch out! A bunch of creatures called Digimon. Fox Kids has just cranked adventure up to a new level, so get ready for an all-new Digimon, Saturday morning at 9.30, only on Fox Kids. The forces of evil have shifted, and new threats challenge the digital world. Proven heroes must team with a new set of Digi-Destiny to battle the next face of evil. In a secret world unknown to adults, with Digi-Eggs, new Digi-Vices, new digital monsters, and new armor evolution. A new season of Digimon starts next Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central and Pacific on Fox Kids. New rules, new adventures. My experience is pretty similar. I was in the right, you know, right age demographic when when it first came out. Although I was very like, I I I Digimon was absolutely the first anime that I watched because I was very aggressively like anti anime for whatever reason. I don't know if it was just <laughs> like a xenophobic thing or like or something, but just like the idea of like this weird looking these Japanese cartoons just look so weird. I'd wire their <laughs> eyes and hair so big. I don't like it. Um, and so I never like, gave any anime stuff a chance. So like I, I, I at first was not part of the Pokemon craze. I started doing poke, like playing Pokemon games and stuff like a little bit later. And even then I never really got into the Pokemon anime. I think I'm kind of the same way where it's like games are great, but uh, the Digimon anime was definitely like in terms of like storytelling was superior but in any in any case, I remember I accidentally kind of watched an episode of Digimon because I remember when Beast Machines was about to come out. I was a really big Beast Wars fan, and I remember Fox Kids was like, "There's going to be a special preview of Beast Machines during the commercial break of this episode of Digimon." So it was like, uh, I guess I'll watch an episode of this weird Japanese show to to get my Beast Machines fix. Um, and I think it was <laughs> like uh, the I think it was an early episode. I think it was the episode with Andrew. Mon where uh, Tentomon first digivolves to Kabuterimon, um, which is like a fine episode, I think. But like, I think I watched it and I was like, I don't know, these like robots and like bug people are kind of cool. 
<laughs> and and it still like took me a while I think, to really warm up to it. I didn't, I think, start watching it consistently until I think right before in that first season, right before they went to the real world and had the whole arc in the real world, um, which I think most people would kind of agree is one that series really kicks into high gear. So it was kind of the perfect time. And I know that I was really kind of enchanted by how well it sort of would thread like the kids personal issues and really kind of codify them like, Oh, this kid has this particular crest that represents, you know, love or friendship or courage. And now the kid has to sort of deal with like, is that really, you know, my, my true personality trait or am I living up to it? Um, you know, and you'd see like stuff with like dealing kids dealing with finding out they were adopted or like divorce and like depression. And it's like all of that stuff, I think just like hit me so well. Like, I, I guess I'd never seen a cartoon, like deal with those things so directly and tie it so deeply into the action story where the kids' personal growth is what, made their Digimon Digivolve. Like it's, it's such a clever storytelling device. And I think I was just, I, I guess I just never seen anything like that before. Um, and then I was just all in from there on out for the rest of my life, basically. <laughs> well, and that's a great thing you just said there about the, you know, the character growth. And cause I think Digimon for, a, for certainly a large um, group of people, you know, in our peer group, especially it was that it was this first sort of exposure to yeah it's a cartoon it's a it's a you know it's it's a designed to sell products sure. and push toys and 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 all this but it, <laughs> at the core of it i mean it was a it a lot of i think the first really popular you could say cartoon that really was like that um not that there weren't cartoons that were that, that touched on you know touchy subjects or, or things that maybe you know at one time especially people might have thought kids you know it shouldn't have kind of been mm -hmm. you know exposed to in cartoons but you know there's a lot of, and i know the dub even kind of tones down some of the stuff but it it for for a cartoon made in the late 90s you know late you know, early 2000s and airing on broadcast television it was pretty um you know sort of there on the Know, pushing the envelope a little mm -hmm. bit when you kind of reflect on it for the time about some of the stuff that was getting into it about um you know just in relationships with with your friends even yeah. i mean like just just really basic stuff yeah um yeah. And, and and how it goes about you know approaching that yeah i mean it, yeah it could get very heavy and i think it did it i think digimon always in every iteration has always been good about sort of addressing things without it ever feeling preachy you know um, like it always feels very well integrated into the plot. And this kind of plays into this episode too. Like, I think that I, I don't know if I've ever seen a show that has done so many different like depression metaphors and done all of them really well. Mm -hmm. Like, and every, like they've done them differently. Like, especially the, like the first three animes between adventure zero two and tamers, all of them have at least like some period or some character that is dealing with like depression in some way, sometimes metaphorically, sometimes literally. And it's all like always spawning from a different place, but always dealt with like really incredibly well. And I think that definitely spoke to me watching it. And I, I think even today kids shows kind of struggle with dealing with that and kind of explaining those things in a way that feels natural, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. It, it is a thing that uh, kids shows and, and not even kids. Show, I mean, like <laughs> yeah, adult TV show, TV shows made for adults. 
uh, struggle with at times. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, and I think, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but this episode in particular mm-hmm. is very much <laughs> representative of, of handling that yeah. um, in a way that isn't dismissive at all. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's, and that's the thing that, you know, stri- it really throughout all those instances where it happens, it's, there's never dismissiveness from anyone right. um, when a character is going through something like that. And it's, that's, you know, and I think that, you know, it sort of speaks, you know, because you, I think, you know, our, again, our peer group, it's sort of this, this generation that that's, it's, you're sort of more comfortable talking about it. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say Digimon is responsible <laughs> for that, but, it, but it's that sort of attitude and some of that, you know, maybe that willingness to kind of be more exposed and open to about that stuff and, and not just outright dismissive that yeah. I think, you know, shows, shows like Digimon certainly, I would think had an effect on a lot of people yeah, when it comes to that. Absolutely. Sometimes you feel really bad and, and hold all of that and internalize that stuff. And you need your friends to kind of help pull you out of it. Like Digimon does it all the time. I think this episode tales that does that really well. And actually I'll preview my hot take that will probably, that we'll get to as we talk about the episode explicitly. I think the English dub actually does that better than the original Japanese. version. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so glad you said mm-hmm. that. Cause I've not watched the Japanese version. I've read a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. and i'm inclined to agree yeah. with you yeah i think yeah we'll, we'll talk about it there's some choices that the japanese episode the original episode made um and there's there's things that the english episode changes i i think in general before we'll start digging into it in general i think the japanese episode is better for tone and like the the sort of like creepiness of everything like it's a lot quieter the music is matches it better like the sort of ambiance of everything is handled extremely well it is still a very good episode and a very creepy episode but the english version i think actually like it strips away some of the worst stuff of the japanese version and actually kind of hones in on the more interesting aspects of the sort of story that they're telling but <laughs> we'll get into that uh, as we talk about it We'll be right back to Digimon on ABC Fabric. Attack! On the next Digimon, get ready, because the digital world's gone. Wait, where did the extreme music go? Yeah, and all the intense sound effects. Where's that announcer guy? And why aren't there any explosions? Is he? What's up? My hard drive crashed. Now, back to Digimon on ABC Family. This episode in particular, it's just, it's so interesting. So the gimmick of it, basically, is that Digimon, this season especially, at this point, there's only 13 episodes into it. It's still pretty early. There's dark stuff that happens in the season, but, like, it hasn't really gotten there yet. So it's mostly been a lighter series up to this point early on. Uh, Like, the episode right before this is just, like, a fun, like, Western homage. Like, it's it's not the most serious stuff yet. So it's kind of a major shift when you get to this episode that suddenly it's, like, this very explicit, like, horror story homage, specifically to the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, the episode itself is like it does there's they don't journey into the digital world and have an adventure it only features 
TK, Kari, and their Digimon with the other main characters, like, just kind of having really brief appearances. There's no recurring characters or villains in it. Like, none of the, made, none of the other cast is part of this. So it's, it's a much smaller story and a much more personal story, which is sort of odd for this season so far. And more specifically, this entire episode is a very direct reference to the Lovecraft story, The Shadow Over Innsmouth, uh, which is a story that features creatures known as the Deep Ones, who worship the sea deity Dagon. And in this episode, you have a version of the Deep Ones masquerading as Digimon, who worship an undersea master, identified in the Japanese version as Dagomon, which was Americanized as Dragomon when it was imported over. I think they just like didn't get that it was a Lovecraft reference when they were like importing it, <laughs> but it was meant to be like a Dagon reference explicitly when they did it. So it's like it's not a it's it's not a tenuous connection. It is very explicitly meant to be a Lovecraft homage with this episode. Now, if you're unfamiliar with HP Lovecraft, I think that even if you're unfamiliar with Lovecraft, you've definitely heard of some of his stuff. Uh, he was this kind of sci-fi horror writer in the early 1900s through the 1930s, most well known for creating the shared universe of Cthulhu mythos. Basically, like, essentially codified cosmic horror as a subgenre. So, like... This idea that humans are really insignificant in the universe and the horror of those stories mostly come from just like the unknowable and the incomprehensible, the kinds of things that drive you mad because your pathetic human mind is just too small and fragile to begin to understand. Um, and you get a little bit of that in this episode. Like Kari is like, am I going crazy? I don't understand what's happening. I'm terrified. And I think it's like it's kind of worth noting that uh, Lovecraft's works are, are pretty influential with a lot of horror writers like Stephen King, John Carpenter, Guillermo del Toro. All of them have cited Lovecraft as an influence on their works. And like who doesn't know what Cthulhu is or at least has seen Cthulhu in pop culture? Like it's only grown as a pop culture figure, you know, over the last few decades. Do you have any kind of relationship with Lovecraft at all, Josh? Uh, besides just a you know passing familiarity, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think if you don't know you Cthulhu, if, if that everybody is <laughs> sort of knows that, I think. But yeah. uh, you know, outside of that, I mean, in my my wife, she she loves Cthulhu. She's mm -hmm. got like a like a couple stuff Cthulhu's, and they're cute, and 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 so there's that. You know, and just the, the, the you know, I know there's, <laughs> I, I know I know there's a like a controversy with with i don't even know exactly the uh what even the controversy is it's been so long since i've read about that i can but, uh, i can tell you uh because because i think like it's it's not super relevant to this episode but it is also very it is also relevant to this episode at the same time because of the particular lovecraft story that this episode is riffing on is one of the more super racist ones unfortunately Ooh. yeah yeah uh which i mean i think only makes this episode more interesting honestly but like the, the, thing, uh -huh. the thing about lovecraft he is a very good writer uh but he's also was a very like very racist xenophobic man and it isn't even like oh by 2022 standards like it was of its time kind of thing like no it was very explicit. He had very hard stances against immigrants. He was like super adamant about the color line and like super pro segregation. If you do read his stories, I don't know that I, I like, I don't, I, I can't in good faith, like ever really recommend reading his stuff because they are really full of like lots of super racist remarks against basically any non Anglo-Saxon race and culture in his stories. And like, some of his, well, I shouldn't even say some, a lot of his stuff 
like the actual monsters are pretty explicit, like allegories representing like a non-white race. Uh, like for example, the deep ones, which are basically what the scuba mon in this episode are, um, are intentionally like an allegory for non-white races because the whole story is about how the deep ones interbreeding with humanity, like corrupt them and like ruin the town and ruin society. It's basically just like a story about why race mixing is bad. And uh-huh. yeah, which isn't great. Um, <laughs> and honestly, like a lot of people have done some really good writing, just just really drawing lines between like Lovecraft's whole thing of like fearing the unknown and fearing like things that you just can't comprehend. You can just draw a line to just fear of non-white people. Like you just, I don't understand this right. culture. It scares me. They must be evil and bad and it's making me insane. Like that's kind of what a lot of it is, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, that's unfortunate, but that is also interesting that, you know, cause that probably it could almost explain a lot of his, uh, mm-hmm. his, uh, yeah, a lot of the, why he went the direction he did with yeah. <laughs> like the, uh, yeah. And self, uh, like the self, um, what's the word, like the, you know, uncertainty within yourself right. and, you know, it, not, not explaining that away, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and like, the thing is that I I don't like, I don't blame people who are just sort of like draw a hard line where it's just like, I can't touch any Lovecraft related thing ever at all. Like Uh that sounds weird, but I do think it's a case where like Lovecraft stuff has grown so beyond him like that. I, I, I mean, and he's also like not alive, so it's not like he can benefit from like you buying his works and stuff, you know? Um, but even, right. even then, like, I think the way that he's inspired, that he inspired cosmic horror, the cosmic horror as a genre has grown so fully beyond him that like, I don't, I, I don't think it has to be explicitly tied to him. Um, like I'm in favor of just not calling stuff Lovecraftian and just calling it cosmic horror because that's basically what it is. And I think that most cosmic horror you see nowadays isn't, tied to the xenophobic stuff it really is just like what if there was some extra dimensional space monster that could just like kill earth by just looking at it how can you comprehend that like that's scary and i don't feel like there's like racist undertones to that because it's so far removed from it you know but you know it's a conversation i don't blame people for like not fully buying into that argument either so yeah no that's that's i think that's there's certainly a lot there yeah cosmic horror just also sounds cooler and tells you mm-hmm. more about what it says than, than sure you know if you say something's lovecraftian a literal person might be wondering where the romance is so. <laughs> right exactly so who's crafting this love exactly i don't <laughs> understand so, yeah it's also that it, it also does make this episode even more interesting because like this is an episode that was made by Japanese creators who are people mm-hmm. that Lovecraft would probably hate and be afraid of. Like, so I think it's kind of interesting to see it like filtered through that lens, honestly. Um, like it, it doesn't change much, but it, I does, I do think that that like makes it, it just makes it more interesting. Cause it's sort of like, yeah, the dude who wrote these mythos that you're riffing on would not like you as people probably just because of who you are. Uh, but you're still riffing on them anyway. And I, I find that very, like, it's almost like kind of taking it back from him and like reclaiming it a bit. In yeah. A <laughs> yeah. We're, we're reclaiming it. And also just to, to the, you know, a, a, to take it another level is, you know, what would a person like that think of the fact that a, a Japanese TV show is being adapted into English for a, 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 right. an audience? You know, I would think that would be an interesting thing for a person like that to uh, right. 
to see and and be afraid of yeah right right the cultural uh dissemination of, of culture across uh you know countries and borders and yeah right it's it's really fascinating so like bottom line lovecraft sucks as a person but obviously his his works have just had a major influence on the world and people i think i think have just kind of elevated elevated it to better places uh since then especially since kind of recognizing what the roots were for example with this episode you know i uh, i think that there's there's some ties that you can you can find related to it because of how much it's riffing on his story but i think it also does does really interesting things with it um uh better things with it ultimately you know than than what the roots were and this episode particularly of Digimon it's it's pretty notorious uh in the the wide fandom i would say it's a very memorable one um it's it's notorious because of its very like specific tonal shift uh and also the fact that like it stands out because a couple of the threads in this episode are never really followed up on um <laughs> that's that's a that's a, a, a generous way of putting it <laughs> <laughs> i do and I, I, I was i was often always in that camp too where i'm like god i really wish that they would revisit this later uh but i i've done some research on how this episode came to be and i think i actually kind of understand it a little bit better like i think that a lot of the questions for why it happened and then wasn't really followed up on are, are honestly pretty simple and i kind of get them but uh, so I'll start at the beginning. The reason that this episode exists at all really is solely because of the writer Chiaki Konaka. That's he's he's a very prominent figure in anime because in addition to Digimon, uh, he's very well known for writing serial experiments, Lane and Ultraman Gaia. But most importantly, he is an avid lover of Lovecraft stories, and actually so much so that he has contributed stories to the Cthulhu mythos. He has written like Cthulhu-related stories that have been like published and like adopted into the mythos as a whole. In fact, he actually wrote the live action Japanese adaptation of the shadow over Innsmouth, which is what this episode is riffing on back in 1992. Um, and as far as I know, and I think what he said is that that was actually the first Japanese work to ever directly adapt a Lovecraft work. So like he's basically hmm. the Lovecraft expert in Japan, or at least at the time he was. That's cool. See, I, I've learned something already. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with, you know, obviously with him a little bit on a very surface level. I knew he wrote the episode and kind of went on and, and was really in charge of Tamers, mm -hmm. um, which I think mm -hmm. <laughs> if you didn't know, if you didn't know that, but then you went and watched Tamers, you would, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. About, he, I, I will say he, he said specifically that like this episode was kind of an audition for being able to show run Tamers. And then he did Tamers and it's sort of like, cool, I'm going to make this Lovecraft as fuck. And like that whole last arc of Tamers is especially, I mean, all of the Tamers is a lot like quieter and like tonally closer to this episode, but the whole like last arc of Tamers is just like, terrifying cosmic horror creatures beyond your comprehension invading the world. And it's like, yep, that's, that's, yep, that's him. <laughs> the Digi Dream Team. Davis, Kari, Yoli, TK, Cody, Izzy, and Ken all logging on and transporting to the Digi World to kick some evil Digi. Busy? How am I supposed to get to the Digi World if I can't get online? Don't let this happen to you. Get into the Digi World with Digimon. Coming up in a few minutes and stay tuned afterward for a new episode on Fox Kids.
It's Digimon versus Digimon. Watch the first Digibowl on Fox Kids. Saturday, January 27th, the first season's Digimon take on the second season to see who are the ultimate champions of the digital gridiron. It's four quarters of digital football hosted by Terry Bradshaw. There'll be quarterly awards, stats, and analysis. They scored! Even a halftime show. The Digibowl on Fox Kids. Saturday, January 27th, starting at 7, all morning long. Only on Fox Kids. But Kodaka uh, has said that, like, he he very much loves adding elements of Lovecraft stories into any anime he writes. Uh, but he says specifically when the circumstances fit. So it's not like every single anime he shoehorns it in. Uh, but in the case of Digimon, it's a show about monsters. So, like, adding Lovecraft, Lovecraft <laughs> monsters absolutely makes sense, you know. And so, like, back when the first adventure anime was being produced, so season one of Digimon, the series director was kind of looking at these pre-existing Digimon that had already been designed for, like, video games and the cards and stuff like that. Uh, and he was looking at those to see who could appear in the anime, and he saw Dagomon, who was, if you see, if you look up Dagomon or Dragomon online, look at an image of him, he's very much meant to be, like, a riff on Cthulhu. Like, he is, he's like a blue mm-hmm. version of Cthulhu explicitly. And apparently, like, he saw it and, like, went to the designer, Kenji Watanabe, and was like, is this supposed to be that? And Watanabe was like, yep, (laughs) that's him. And so he's like, cool. So we've got a Cthulhu Digimon. I'm going to contact the anime writer that I know that loves Lovecraft. So he brings in Konaka and is like, hey, I just want you to write one episode for this Dagomon guy since you love Lovecraft. That was supposed to be in the first season. Uh, but I think he's, Konaka said just because of like timeline stuff, it just didn't really work out. So that episode for him to write was shifted into zero two. Konaka has a whole like Twitter thread that you can find in Japanese uh, that a blog translated and like it's really good. Like he, it, it all actually kind of explains a lot. Um, so this is kind of a long quote, but uh, but it's a good quote. He says, in general, when directors ask me to participate as a one-off writer, they ask me to give it a bit of a different flavor from their usual. And so it wasn't that I was going out of my way to ignore what the usual episodes were like. Rather, I was writing what kind of information I needed to provide to present so that they could continue the story. Uh, but zero two was really in its early stages and it was at the end of the first core, which in anime, that's like the name for like blocks and arcs. So like kind of like a gap in between like major story arcs. So he says, so I feel like I was able to write relatively freely. So to be honest about it, I don't have any idea at all why everyone sees this episode as such a heresy. I wrote the character's (laughs) feelings in accordance with the prior episodes, or at least I intended to. And my personal impression is I don't think it's that strange to have that kind of mysterious place in the digital world. So like, essentially he was just like, they knew I liked Lovecraft. We got a Cthulhu Digimon. They asked me to just build one weird episode around it. Let said it could be weird. Let me make it weird, and then I just left it to them to do whatever they wanted with it. So like, there wasn't. I think I think a thing that makes this episode frustrating for a lot of viewers is that like your assumption is that like this was part of a plan that got abandoned or whatever. But it really was just like he just wrote whatever the hell they wanted and just figured that the writers would do something with it. And they just kind of decided not to basically. <laughs> that's that's so that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, because when you watch it, I mean, because it's very. And what's interesting, though, is because by the time it was dubbed into English, it was already finished. Right. right. And so it's it's like it's already aired. So they know that not you know this this 
this Cthulhu Digimon, Dagomon, Dragomon is going to get unveiled and nothing is going to come of it. Like well, it, it is, it see, is, it, it, and I think it was, or at least I think it was farther in, but I don't think that the anime had fully finished by what, by the time this episode had aired, I think. So I think that the writers probably thought like, I don't know, maybe I'll show up in the last episode or something like that. Like, I, I don't think well, that it had fully finished yet. So like <laughs> I give them, well, and that, that would make more sense yeah. because they're, because they're, because like the, the coda on it is who is this mysterious uh see digimon or whatever yeah. it is that, that it says at the end and um and it's but it's it's and i but i do think in a way i mean even though maybe you can you know be upset that it was never you know quote unquote resolved uh, it 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 certainly you know the tone is a big part of it and in, in the in the aesthetic of the whole episode because it even looks different yeah. from a lot of digimon episodes but but I think that made it very memorable. It's rare for a, in a kid's show, I think maybe I'm, you know, just unique in this, but I think, you know, generally premieres, finales, multi-part top things like art, yeah, those kind of things are memorable. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think, unusual for a, in, a, in an anime, just a random one-off episode mm-hmm. to, to stand out the way this one does in, in like the collective memory. Yeah. I fully agree. And I think that I do think that like the frustration with feeling like it was meant to be setting up something. I do think that more of the blame is on the English dub than the Japanese one, because if you watch the Japanese episode, it, you still get like the creepy shot of the silhouette of Dagomon rising out of the ocean and the episode ends, but it just ends silently like that. So when you're watching it, I think that it it, it could just feel like, Oh, this episode if you if you get that it's like meant to be a either a Lovecraft homage or you get that it's meant to just be kind of a creepy weird one, it can just sort of feel like seeing Dagomon is sort of the final capper of like, oh, that's a creepy universe that these kids should never go back into, right? In the in the English version, because they tack on the like, who is this mysterious Digimon? Find out on the next <laughs> Digimon, and then you never do. Like just adding that sort of tease to make it feel like more of a cliffhanger than I think it was originally written to be. I think it's yeah, I think that just sort of like drove people crazy because it sort of sets up an expectation that doesn't really exist, you know. And I I, I, I I was also like looking to see what other Zero Two writers had said about it, like if other ones had comments on it. And I actually found a really funny quote from another writer, uh, Genki Yoshimura, um, who said that like they basically were kind of avoiding deal it, avoiding dealing with that episode because I think that like, <laughs> I mean, especially the Japanese version. I'll talk about it later, but there's some rough stuff at the end of the episode in the Japanese version um, that I don't fault the writers for just wanting to ignore. But she said uh, Dagoman's ocean appeared in episode 13. You know, they'd left that to Kanaka. Nobody was, she says, nobody was giving any opinion on it and we were all side-eyeing it. Um, So when I was writing episode 23, which is Ken's origin story episode, she said, I just went ahead and thought, why don't I just borrow that for the setup a bit? So the dark ocean aspect of this episode does end up coming back into Zero Two. You see Mm -hmm. it in Ken's origin. It comes back an episode later. A couple times. Yeah, it comes back a couple of times. So like they do pull that aspect of it. It is just very specifically the character of Dagomon as this master of that, uh, as this master of that like world or whatever just never comes up again. And so like my, my feeling is that I think that they ha- let Konaka write whatever he wanted. 
I think they probably figured he would just write a fun one-off episode where Dagomon was a villain who like got destroyed at the end of Roto Weber. And instead he goes full on Lovecraft homage where it's just the episodes about the worshipers of Dagomon basically. And Dagomon still exists and is just kind of a tease. And so the writers are sort of like, well, what the hell do we do with this? Like, that's not what we really like. We, we didn't, that was not really part of what we were thinking. So they just kind of leave that to the side and just pull the dark ocean aspect of it. So this episode isn't totally inconsequential by any means, but th- there's like, there's just no room to bring Dagomon in because like, where would he fit into what they were doing with zero to otherwise, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, if you, in, yeah, cause they, they go back to it a couple of times and in the dark ocean, it's just an interesting concept just on its own, like with or without Dagomon in, in a way, because it, it's, it's sort of this, I don't know if it's, yes, it's part of the digital world. It's sort of it's very like, unclear. It seems like it, it, it could, yeah, it's very, it, you can interpret it as being its own on its own plane of existence. Um, which is, you know, kind of interesting in itself. And, and, you know, you could almost, you know, this, this episode in particular, though, is, is, you know, maybe the, you, you certainly read into it, like maybe the reason you never see Dagomon again is because there's no reason to see him. Yeah. It's, it, it may, you know, there's not a, um, you know, Kari is sort of overcome or, or maybe not overcome what she's dealing with in this episode, but is, has gotten to a point where she is handling it better. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the, um, the way you're supposed to kind of take, take it you know, or what you're supposed to take away from it. Yeah. I mean, we, like we never really rule ever learn like the rules of the dark ocean. Like it always pops up at like what seems like maybe moments of extreme despair, but like, the beings in it like we don't really know anything about them like i think kind of the unknowableness which is a very lovecraft thing like you don't really never understand what all of these creatures and beings there really are and it's kind of ambiguous if these really are digimon or not like i think that that kind of adds to the vibe of this episode in a positive way and like i think I, 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 for a very long time, was one of those people that was frustrated that, like, these felt like threads that never followed up on. But, like, as I've sat with it over the years and also kind of learned of the intent of it being such a direct Lovecraft homage, it's just sort of like, I kind of appreciate it a lot more as this bizarre, creepy one-off, and no one will ever really know the truth of, like, what those things in that weird, creepy pocket universe or whatever it was is. It's just scary that to know that it exists like and that's enough like that is that's kind of terrifying enough you know absolutely and and you 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 brought up the you know are they digimon or not i think you know there's a lot of uh, what i assume is humor written in by the dub yeah. I, I you know I, I that that um is is in the episode and and it's you know to varying degrees of effectiveness uh, but <laughs> the my favorite i think it, it, it line in the show as far as like something that made me laugh is the uh, you know when when Kari you know stumbles upon the the Scubamon and and they're like I don't in that little you know, digi analyzer screen comes up it's like I don't know if we're Digimon but we're Scubamon like, <laughs> I, just, I just always like, I just always think that's funny it's really um, and funny. also sort of like and also sort of this uh um uh, you know outsized like sense of uh you know sort of beyond yourself like oh well what what is a Digimon and what you know right. what, what makes it 
you know, it's sort of, you can get very philosophical really fast if you try to read into it too much. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all of, yeah, all of that I think kind of fits the episode really well, honestly. Well, let's, uh, let's start talking about it, talking about this episode uh, a little more in depth. Still have plenty to say. I still have some more background stuff and like comparisons, you know, between the Japanese and English versions, I think for the listeners clips and stuff, it's going to come from the English version because that's just more accessible. And that's what every people who are listening, I think my listener base is more familiar with. Um, but, uh, but I did watch the Japanese episode as well. So I'll I'll definitely make references to the things that are different between the two as they come up. Uh, though, you know, the bones of of the episode is the same in both versions. If you want to watch this episode along with us, it is available on DVD. And the English version is currently streaming on Hulu. Uh, The Japanese version doesn't seem to be easily or legally uh, accessible anywhere in the U.S. specifically. Uh, But, like, they have popped up every so often and they shift platforms all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if... You know, it, it, it the next by next year, it's it's back on Crunchyroll or back on Hulu or something like that. So um, it's not impossible to find the Japanese versions if you want to watch it. The episode we're talking about, it's called His Master's Voice, uh, and in Japan, it was called Call of Dagomon. Um, Call of Dagomon, kind of obvious. It's named after Call of Cthulhu, uh, but the English title, interestingly, is named after a painting by Francis Barad that's called His Master's Voice. I, I don't know what, why I that, guess that, that, that was the oddest when I was doing some background <laughs> that was the weirdest thing that that's weirder than anything that happens in the episode and it's 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 it's, it's, it's why what like what what is going on with that i thought i sort of love it like the more i kind of think about it it's it's it's, i don't know i guess it sort of makes sense if you you kind of think about the painting and the the you know the what a grandma it's like a a gramophone right of a a dog and a gramophone Mm. and and so um yeah that's true but it's still a very esoteric reference for a children's show it is it is i mean digimon has those things randomly sometimes it's like are you really making this reference right now and but okay um yeah it is funny it really is just like they heard the word master in this episode and it's just like that's we could recontextualize that painting to sound creepy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess it works. (laughs) 
So the synopsis for IMDb for this episode, it's kind of funny. It's just kind of the whole episode. Uh, it's Karen. <laughs> Kari is dragged into a world that is neither the real world nor the digital world. We don't really know that, but okay. Uh, TK, <laughs> Gatomon, and Patamon follow her, and together they are able to defeat Erdramon and destroy the control spire. However, the Digimon that brought Kari into their world warned her that their master will later come for her. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the original air. Spoiler alert. I know, right? He doesn't. <laughs> yep. No, he never does. Original air date was June 25th, 2000 in Japan and October 21st, 2000 in the U.S., which feels appropriate that it's like kind of close to Halloween that this episode comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. Uh, the Japanese episode, like I'd mentioned before, it's written by Chiaki Konaka. Uh, we talked about him already plenty, but the dub script, which there's a lot of st- added stuff in this dub, so I think it's worth calling out the dub writers, uh, written by Craig Doyle, Jeff Nimoy, and Bob Bushholtz. So those three are all kind of interesting, actually. Uh, for Doyle, he he wrote a handful of, of Digimon Season 2 episodes, uh, but these are his only anime dub credits. Uh, his major thing that he did was actually going on to be an executive producer on the sitcom Blackish and a producer and writer uh, on its spinoff Gronish, oddly enough. Well, that's kind of that's that's quite a pivot. Very much a pivot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nimoy and Bushholtz, even if you like don't know the names, they might sound familiar because you've probably seen their names a lot on the credits for Digimon, uh, because they were the lead story editors for Digimon Adventure Zero Two and the movie. Uh they left kind of towards the end of this series, mostly because of like pushback from Fox Kids. Uh Fox Kids, they say Fox Kids, it could also probably could have also been Saban as well. Uh, but basically just like the powers that be were really pushing for the show to be like even more of a gag dub and to add even more jokes than they already did. And I think they were very frustrated about that uh, left. Um, but Nimoy has come back a bunch of times for other Digimon stuff. So it's not like, you know, th- they both had a lot of love for Digimon. I think both of them also did a bunch of voices on the show. I think most notably uh, Nimoy voiced Tentomon and the younger Jedi. Bushholtz has a pretty prolific career doing like English script adaptations and dub voice acting. He's worked on animes like a Kira, a Whisker Away, Outlaw Star, Devilman Crybaby, Beastars, and a whole bunch more. Um, and Nimoy, uh, he, he came back for the Revenge of Diaborama movie. He came back for Data Squad, Try, and the Last Evolution Kazuna movie. Um, and he's most recently, I think, doing the adaptation for Netflix's Ultraman anime. I think all of those guys are worth calling out because... This episode is particularly interesting in how the English dub does, I think, create a tonal, uh, like kind of this interesting tonal contrast that doesn't exist in the Japanese version because they pack so many jokes into it that don't exist in the Japanese anime in a way that I think makes it very unique and interesting and fun. Yeah, well, it, fits, <laughs> it makes the episode certainly fit in with this, what Digimon is in this country or at least this mm-hmm. this iteration of it um yeah. it certainly it because it's not like this episode even though it's it's an outlier in turn in a lot of ways it, it's not it doesn't it, it's not so much of an outlier that it doesn't fit into the context of the show sure. like it's still you know if you remove the fact that there's and you know you could argue an arc that never that sort of gets hinted at never starts if you exempt that from the conversation it fits right in with the rest of the show yeah it's, you know, and I don't know, I assume that it's the case in the Japanese version, but it, I, I would think, you know, just reading about it, that it might actually stand apart more so mm-hmm. in that 
version of the show than, than it does oh, stateside. I think so for sure. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's an anime, so there's always going to be like a dub versus sub arguments and stuff like that. And there are definitely your, your people who are very anti Digimon dub. I'm very pro Digimon dub in that I think that it struck, it struck a really good balance for the time that it came out in that it did a lot of the stuff that like other kids anime did at the time where it would Americanize some things. It did make it a lot funnier and add a lot of puns and pop culture references, obviously that weren't in the Japanese version. And so like made the tone of it a lot more like a jokey and funny. But I think unlike a lot of other kids animes that were dubbed at the time, I think they were Nimoy and Boschultz, I think especially were very smart about identifying what were important to not change. And so still let the show be very aggressively dark at times. And, and aside from only a couple of instances, tended to not shy away from like the very heavy serious stuff and like the death and violence and things like that, that a lot of other anime cut out at the time. And I think in the case of this episode, I think they were tasked with like a very weird episode of a show that was even darker than what the show was in Japan. And I think the way that they're kind of like retrofitted it into working with the show and flowing with it a little better by like, this is such a weird comparison, but like it ends up to me feeling kind of like, like, kind of like the Evil Dead type of vibe where you, you have like this really like funny, goofy thing happens or is said right before something incredibly creepy and horrific happens. And that total contrast, like it softens it for the viewer. So it's a little more palatable, but it also kind of highlights the horror of stuff at the same time and makes the creepiness even creepier. Even if it's more like in retrospect, you know, where it's like, wait, I didn't realize I was watching something that fucked up, but that was kind of fucked up. I just kind of didn't notice because the joke distracted me, but that's really fucked up. And I think that that's kind of a really fun vibe that I think Digimon honestly nails more times than it doesn't, you know? Well, that's, I meant to bring this up earlier when we we're talking about just the, just the show in general this season, but I think that's a, it's a good segue into the, you know, you talked about the, there, you know, up to this point it hadn't, there wasn't really a, a you know, too much dark happening, but really the, the whole season up mm-hmm. to this point is about a guy enslaving Digimon and, and taking pleasure in it. That's a good point. <laughs> which is, which is, you know, um, you know, and, and pretty, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's not hard to notice that necessarily, but, but yeah, the jokes and, and some of that stuff, it, it, it certainly distracts you from the fact that, Oh, there's this really fucked up kid doing some really awful things to these innocent creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this this season it's 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 kind of lower on my list of of favorites for Digimon overall of the animes that I've watched, which is most of them. There's only a couple of like most recent anime Digimon anime that I haven't seen. But some of the stuff that I do like in it is some of my favorite stuff in the whole franchise because this this is a season that does go super heavy on to some really just wild like internal conflict and like grief and self-loathing kind of stuff like with Ken, like the Digimon emperor especially. And it's kind of wild that the show does that and like addressing despair and stuff. It's like, I mean this, this episode does that too, really. So yeah, it's, it's a fascinating season of the show for a lot of reasons, even if it's kind of messy sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I go back and forth between whether I like prefer this season to the first one actually which i think is you know i think most people probably prefer the first you know between the two 
but I don't know there because there was always something to me really interesting, and maybe this gets back to part of why it was you know it was you know, it, you know kind of memorable is you know you had this show where because this isn't a thing in American TV or especially kids TV generally is you don't have a cartoon where the next year or the next season of the show all the characters have been aged up right and and you have this you know. You know, you know, the main cast is sort of different for this. Generally, you have a your cast of characters that's the uh, you know your primary team of Digidestin is is different, but you still got two of the core members, one of around you know whom this episode focuses, mm-hmm. who are aged up from the first show, and um, and I think that made that 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 was always something that sort of struck me, and it's something I've you know I don't know why it mattered to me. It was just always mm-hmm. something I thought was cool as a kid. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, to see a cartoon character age up. I mean, cause it's like, it's, you know, as you're watching, you know, I was a, like I said, I was a Power Rangers fan growing up and, and, you know, you're watching your every year. That's the same characters and you don't, you know, you sort of looking back on it, you can tell, Oh, these, these, you know, these actors aged every year. So these kids aged every year, mm-hmm. but, but you're kind of more used to seeing that in live action. You don't think about it, you know, a cartoon character, you know, Homer Simpson's been the same age right. for <laughs> forever. Right. Um, so it's it's interesting to see that in a, and that's a pretty I know it's a common thing in anime but um, but for you know, American it, kids it isn't here. yeah for American kids especially at the time yeah we really hadn't seen stuff like that yeah I totally agree uh, this episode uh, before we get into it it was directed by Hiroyuki Kakuduo they directed a ton of Digimon Adventures Zero Two Frontier and Cross Wars also directed the Digimon X Evolution movie which was like that CGI movie that I've never seen same also <laughs> also directed on Yu-Gi-Oh and a couple of Transformers series right off the bat one thing that the English version cuts out is that in the opening of the Japanese version there's actually this like column of text that appears and it's in digicode like the digimon language um and if you translate it it's like translated to this like occult like phrase i can't pronounce it cuz it's all like a bunch of consonants but it's like a popular thing in lovecraft mm. and it basically uh is from the call of cthulhu that says in in his house of ralye dead cthulhu waits dreaming so if you're watching this in Japan and know Cthulhu stuff, like, and you, and you translate that digicode, it's like, oh shit, this is going to be a Lovecraft episode. So it's not like hidden. It's very explicit. <laughs> <laughs> so the way the episode opens in English is that on the way to school, we learn that Kari has been having these kind of strange dreams. Students late for first period will be responsible for cleaning the bubblegum from under the desks after school. Come on, kids. Chop, chop. Get yourself together. It was just a dream. There's Kari. I wonder what you got in question three. <gasps> Stay away! Hmm? Oh, TK. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Come on, guys. You aren't the principal. You don't want to scrape gum, do you? <gasps> Last one in has to eat the old gum. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, X equals Y, Y equals 14, and lickety-split Q equals 36. Now... Isn't that exciting? What's more boring, paint drying or math? I wonder why Kari's being so distant today. And uh, we get some narration from Gatomon as well that like Kari kind of refuses to talk about what those strange dreams are. And she's kind of feigning happiness for people around her because she's Kari. Uh, you know, she's, she's feigning happiness for TK as well, but he definitely notices that something is off with her. And right off the bat, this first opening starts with this fun runner of like, 
they fill in any like moment of silence with like PA announcements that are really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the PA. I like the PA announcement. I think it's and, fun. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm sure again, it's one of those things where people, you know, when you get into the anime versus or the dub versus, um, you know, original voice track thing, it's, it's like, okay, I could get maybe why you, but I don't know. It's, it's it's a very american thing mm-hmm. the, the intercom it just it just feels it it's it's out of place but it doesn't feel out of place it doesn't it kind of feels like just part of the world like filling in stuff because you know the english dub of 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 digimon is very talky they they don't let there be a lot of silence which i know annoys mm-hmm. some people but like when you're used to it like it's, I don't like I never it never bothered me because that's just what Digimon was to me. So it just kind of fills in these like in between spaces where like the characters are reflecting, but the world around them is still going. So you're still going to hear like, you know, the the teacher announcements and stuff like that going on in the background. It makes sense. And they, uh-huh. they just use it as an opportunity to get fun jokes in. <laughs> So in class is when the creepy stuff starts to kick in uh, because while, while they're in class, I think it's just Kari Davis and TK are in the class together. Um, but Kari becomes like, just randomly starts getting enveloped by fog. What is wrong with me? Am I just overtired from not sleeping? I can't get these dreams out of my head. <gasps> What's happening? I know my math scores have been a little foggy lately, but this is ridiculous. <gasps> this is bizarre. <gasps> hey, did someone flood the boys' bathroom again? Wait, where am I? TK? Gatumon? Yoli! And she like turns this muted, almost kind of grayscale color um, and then suddenly finds herself alone in ankle deep water, which is super creepy. And I also love the effect that when TK looks over and sees Kari, we see immediately that this isn't just something in Kari's head because he sees her as like fuzzing over as if she's like fading into static. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy and like really cool. Yeah, it's it's a very <laughs> effective visualization. You know, one just the water, you know, her what she's going through, but like TK being her friend, and you know, at the time I think especially you sort of look at him as possibly more than a friend or want you know that kind of relationship. Noticing that something's wrong with you know, it, it's it's obviously clearly something actually is happening to yeah. her but that he is seeing but it's also just a sense of oh he 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 can tell you know even before that it, it starts happening that you know something's off with it yeah well i think it's like i don't know there's not really a good place to like bring this up so i guess i'll just bring it up here because this is going to kind of set the stage for everything but like i think a key difference between the japanese version and the american version is that in the in the american version Kari is just kind of like feeling sad and she doesn't know why she's like not sleeping well and she's having bad dreams and she doesn't know why. And then feels consumed by this like sense of like loneliness and despair represented by fog and water, which like 
I feel like is very clearly like a depression metaphor, right? Like it's just, Mm -hmm. you feel sad and you don't know why, and you don't know how to deal with it. It's like a clinical depression metaphor, even specifically like, and she doesn't know how to deal with that. And that's like really scary. And TK, like you said, who knows her really well is able to just kind of see when something is off in the way that like a friend might notice that someone might be going through like, you know, might be going through a depression downswing, even if that person who's going through it is like pretending to be okay. You know, the thing that uh, the Japanese version is that the Japanese version kind of goes really hard on Kari being really kind of subsumed by the idea that she's not as strong as her brother Tai. That comes up constantly in the Japanese version. And you get a little bit of that in the English version, but that's like what her major issue that she's dealing with is. And the thing is like, for me, I don't, I don't like that at all because for one, that like never comes up for her. That's not like a character trait that she feels like there's nothing that's happened that would have sparked this. And I think like trying to, put that explanation on Kari just generally not feeling strong enough. Like it's just like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And when you just strip that away, like it, it, like there's not really anything there. So by, by the English adaptation, just like letting it just be like, she just feels sad and doesn't know why. And it's just despairing. and Doesn't know why. Like that's so much more relatable to everyone. And I think like fits the story they tell and the way that it ends a lot better too. I think so. And I don't know if that's what you meant earlier when yeah. you, you know, your hot take, but that's, yeah, I completely agree. Cause I just think it's, it's when I read that, that that's what the, you know, the Japanese version sort of centers around. I was, I was shocked. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I, I know there's that scene where she's sort of, it's sort of like a flashback mm-hmm. um, in the hallway there with two, you know, and, 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 and in a way, I guess, you know, you could sort of see, I think, where my, what they were trying to get at, because it's sort of a callback to the first season. And she's, um, you know, needs to kind of, you know, she is more needing to be protected as a, the youngest kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's some elements of that that sort of I could see what they were trying to get to. But by this point, yeah, you know, there's not really been any demonstrate like she has not demonstrated in, in any previous episode any demonstration of, of the fact that she feels like she's inadequate or, yeah. or is it <laughs> and like and, it, and it's like okay it makes sense if you're going to write an episode and try to have that as a as a frame you know to make it Kari but it could have been any of the characters right. if that's the if that's the and so it's it's like okay you're going to make it a sister okay whatever yeah um, which it's I, and I think the American version it, 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 it does work better yeah I mean because like Ty isn't even in this episode and it's not like the thing is like spoiler by the end it's not like Kari rescues herself either like TK has to come in and help her <laughs> which works for a depression metaphor if you like need your friends to kind of help you you know it's like you you can't be alone and you need someone to kind of help you work through that. Mm-hmm. But if it's supposed to be about Kari, like believing she's as strong as her brother, then that doesn't really work. If just like her, her, her friend helps her like that doesn't like that doesn't make any sense. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's really bizarre. <laughs> I'm, I'm not as strong as my brother and I feel bad about it, but I'm okay. If another boy who is my age comes and saves me, right. that's a real good thing. Uh, story to be sharing right right and there's also something really powerful about the idea of of the person who like 
if if you've listened and if you're listening and you like don't really know anything about Digimon, some of this stuff is going to be lost on you. But basically, like they all have different traits that that uh, that are sort of like that they embody that like gives their Digimon power. And for Kari, it's the trait of light, which has always been kind of like this sort of. Like the other characters have like friendship and reliability and stuff. And light's always been kind of this weird, vague one. But I, if you read it, it's just like, you know, I don't know, positivity or like the ability to like inspire people. Like, I think that kind of makes sense for it. And so I think that's kind of a common thing in life that you meet people who are like the most positive people you've ever met and the most inspirational people you've ever met, the people that you look up to and think are great, you know, and wish you could be more like. And sometimes they are actually going through it more than anyone else is, you know. And I think that that really works really well for a story about Kari. Oh, absolutely. She's a, it's a, and to pair her, I mean, she's constantly paired with TK for a a litany of reasons, but the, you know, it's the the hope, you know, you know, it's a, it's a very good tandem Mm -hmm. and, and it's, and it's, and it's sort of, you know, just with, you know, with light. Yeah. It's (laughs) in some ways I like it. You know, think of it as positivity, but it's also sometimes just, you know, De- Deus Ex uh, Tradius, you know, like uh, Tradius, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is which is fine, and yeah, um, but it's also it's like it's it's sort of a, you know, it is a good you know commentary on, you know, sometimes that sometimes the light can be turned off, and uh-huh. and you and you need that you might need someone to come in and step in, and right. it doesn't you know it doesn't need to be someone who's courageous like <laughs> your brother, it, it can be you know just another person who's sort of on the same level as you. I mean, yeah. they, they're the same age. They're, you know, they're, 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 their traits are pretty similar mm-hmm. um, in, in some ways. And, and, you know, I think it, uh, it's very, I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works really well. Yeah. So uh, back to the, this particular scene. Yeah. Like we've, we, we referenced some of the stuff that happens, but you know, TK sees this happening. He yells for, her, which seems to like pull her back to normal but then she like immediately faints <laughs> anyway. So something is clearly going on with her. She goes to the nurse's office, but on the way there, that's when we see the, the kind of hallucination or vision or whatever it is that you referenced where she like sees her younger self, um, you know, with Ty from back in the first season about like letting him down, um, which, you know, makes sense in the Japanese version. I think in the American version, you could just read as her just like, just, just feeling like shit in general. <laughs> and like every bad memory is coming back to haunt her right now, you know? Oh, it's no big deal. Blame it on the algebra. It was so boring, you fell asleep and dreamed you were in the ocean. That's it. I'm not going crazy. I'm sorry I let you down, Ty. Get a hold of yourself, Kari. (gasps) Hello? Is anybody there? Davis, is that you? You win, Davis. I'm scared now. She like hears the sound of water dripping, which is creepy, and turns and sees a very creepy monster with glowing red eyes watching her from the staircase. Uh, and then we just cut away from it. <laughs> and we cut to TK like searching for Kari and, and finding her outside. Um, I really like 
I really like the joke they pull. Like they have a little montage of him searching everywhere for her. She might be in trouble. She might be in danger. She might be huh? right there. <laughs> and he just sees her <laughs> sitting on a bench. <laughs> But, you know, they, they they talk and she tells him what happened with, like, the creepy water and the creepy monster that spotted her. And it's like, I saw one of them. What do you mean, one of them? Digimon. They keep trying to take me to their world. I don't know if I can resist anymore. You've got to. Where are they, Kari? We'll fight them. I can't, TK. I'm sorry. I'm just not strong like my brother Ty. You're gonna quit? Give up? Just like that? Look, Hari, I care too much about you to let anyone take you without a fight. Uh, uh, sorry. I better go now. I'll talk to you later. In Japanese, TK tells her to, like, shut up about her brother because she's talking about she's not strong, as strong as her brother. And, like, that's what he kind of gets embarrassed by. Um, in English, that's when he's like, Kari, I care too much about you to let you go without a fight. Either way, it's like for him, it's kind of an embarrassing thing to say to her, basically. Either it's like a, it's either a faux pas or it's him expressing his like crush on her, basically. The crush on her doesn't exist in Japan at all. That's like fully an, an American thing. But I'm not mad that it's there because I think it's kind of fun for this episode to have that. Yeah, well, and it's a, it's it's, you know, I think going back to you know i don't know what their relationship is like throughout the whole canon in japan but you know i know eventually spoiler they don't really end up together later right. on right yeah. <laughs> but 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 as you know kids who i think are they supposed to be like 12 here i think they're something along the, something. i think they're around 12 if i remember correctly yeah you know so something in that ballpark like it's it's fine like it makes sense that they you know they're the same age and might would be having feelings for each other because they've been through a lot together and they've um and it's not like there's you know there's another character running around in this season who's like constantly making it clear that he wants to to jump Kari's bones so uh, <laughs> uh-huh. so it, it's nice to have tk as a foil to that in, in, in a lot of ways right um but it's it's you know here I, again it's another instance where it's like that i think it, it, it i would rather tk feel embarrassed about maybe making him him saying something sort of uh you know corny about his feelings as opposed to what happens in the in the original (laughs) stop talking about your stupid brother kari like dude come on (laughs) oh boy i mean it's not i'm making it sound worse than it is it's more like he's noticing that she's like she's obsessing over not being as strong as ty and bringing it up a lot and he's just sort of like why are you comparing yourself to to him and then he just blows up in the way that he says it you know so i'm i'm mm-hmm. being unfair by making it sound worse than it is it's i just i get frustrated because it's like why is that the thing that this episode is about it doesn't make sense <laughs> after tk runs away um kari goes to the beach nearby cuz she's like okay i'm 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 seeing visions of like water I, 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 the dreams are of, of like a creepy ocean. Maybe I should go to the beach, like, or I'm feeling drawn to the beach. And in this really freaky moment, like she statics over again and then just like fully vanishes. And it's really well done because like she vanishes, but her backpack doesn't. 
So like she vanishes and her backpack is just like held in air for like a split second before then it just falls down. Um, and Godoman, her Digimon is there witnessing it and is like, what the fuck just happened? I think it's fascinating that her backpacks I, I, that yeah. always just it's a cool image and yeah. it's, it's clearly just there for effect but mm-hmm. how, it's always sort of been like why did that why did the backpack <laughs> not go with it? right like it's but it's like it, it it didn't because they didn't want they, it was a cool thing to animate and then i mean it's smart too because then later like they explain why godamon can't armor digivolve once she's there because her d terminals in her backpack which didn't uh-huh. travel with her so uh yeah it, it is funny it's it's yeah it's like yeah it doesn't make any sense but it's like such a cool visual that i'm like that's fine i don't care <laughs> um this is also just like calling out the funny pa jokes this i think when she's going when she's like walking to the to the beach the pa there is like well mary robertson please report to the office your locker is missing yeah <laughs> those boys uh, got into a lot that day they really did yeah <laughs> like practical joke day man <laughs> yeah so Gatomon of course tells the rest of the team that Kari's disappeared and this is this is really like the only significant scene with like any kids that aren't Kari and TK because uh, they're all kind of arguing about what to do there's no way she could just vanish into thin air she's got to be in the digital world she probably needs us we better hurry she might be in a lot of danger it's not that easy she might not be in the digi world did you hit your head uh, it's no use. Right now, the system can't even pinpoint Kari's location. We can't afford to waste any more time. Let's just go and find her on her own. Davis, I don't think... Now's the time for action. Yoli, open the gate. Would you all stop talking? Huh? <gasps> it makes no sense to open the gate until we can target Kari's exact location. The digital world is gigantic, and if we go in there without any direction, we're bound to get lost, too. She's not in the Digi-World. Huh? The beach. That's where she is. And I actually really do love this a lot, because, like, they just assume that she was pulled into the digital world or something. Like, we just gotta go. We gotta go right now. But Cody, who's, like, the youngest of the bunch, is, like, he, like, loses his temper, and it's just, like, everybody shut up. The digital world is literally a world. Like, what are you going to do when you get there? How are you going to look for her? It doesn't make any sense to just blindly go there, which is very smart. And like, I love that. I, like, I actually written, that was one of the notes I wrote down. It's like, Cody speaks up exclamation point. Like yeah. it's cause it's such a, you know, he's such a quiet character. And, and I don't recall any point before this, that he just really blows up and, and, and comes this, uh, I don't know, Nick, sort of like, even though he's not, you know, really close to Kari necessarily, or, or it, it, you know, there's not it, it, a lot of points where they're like together um, right. or interact with one another. Um, and they don't have like history from the first show, the first season. It's this, you know, just a sort of this, another element of how, you know, someone going through something abnormal sort of affects the people around them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny. Like everybody's trying to figure out what to do about this, about this. And like, nobody's thinking of anything. Right. And, and Cody's just like, dude, think about this for a second. Like what we can't deal with this in the way that we deal with any of our other problems, because it's obviously a very specific problem, which again, feels very real for like depression. Like, you know, if, mm-hmm. or if someone's going through something mentally, like you can't deal with it in the same way that you would deal with something like a physical illness, you know? So you just gotta, you gotta figure out how to, how to best, 
how to best help that person in the way that they need to be helped. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So TK, he like suspects that something else is up because remember he, he witnessed Kari like fuzzing into static earlier. So he's like, I think that there's something more going on here. And he knows that, that she told him about like the beach that she's been dreaming of. So he decides to go to the beach to find her. This is all my fault. (gasps) I knew there was something wrong with her. She needed my help and I let her down. If I didn't leave her by herself, none of this would have happened. Come on, TK. Let's go to the digital world. She's not there. I saw her disappearing in class. She's in a different dimension. And this stupid piece of junk is useless. I will never find her. TK, don't be such a scaredy cat. Huh? Kari's one tough kid. We have to believe she can take care of herself until we find her. He does kind of like come to the conclusion that she must be in some other dimension that isn't the digital world. It's interesting to me that they quickly, I guess it's because they, I guess they draw that conclusion just because it's so, um, just the whole situation so abnormal. It's, it's not something they've witnessed, right. <laughs> you know, like right. it, it's, you know, the whole dark ocean thing. I, it, it's, it's weird. I think that's the thing that like, I I do think that that's kind of, you know, there's obviously a lot of Lovecraft explicit references, but I think that there's something about that idea that is also kind of very Lovecraft and very cosmic horror where it's like my, my friend just got pulled into another universe maybe. And I don't know why. And I don't know where, and I don't know how, like what, what do you do with that? Like, where do you go from that? Like there's something so (laughs) scary about that idea. And it's (laughs) even scarier if you're a person who is used to going to another dimension, right. another universe, and you don't, and but you're like, oh, but it's not that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not this other alternate world that we're familiar with. Right, right. It's like, wait, we've had very specific rules for like the digital world and be- going between the human world and digital world, and this breaks all of the rules. So what <laughs> what do we do here? <laughs> the dimension that Kari is in is so cool, like in how it's rendered. Because she is, she is at a beach, and it's almost like like a Silent Hill version <laughs> of of the beach. Because it's like it's it's like a regular beach, and there's like an, a like a town with it, and there's a lighthouse there. But everything's in like muted or black and white color. The lighthouse shines like darkness, like it shines like dark light, and the town is like abandoned, and everything is just like quiet and like basically grayscale, and that's just kind of like the whole the whole the whole vibe of it, you know. The other Lovecraft reference that happens here is that she wa- the 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 digicode sign that she walks past when she's kind of walking through the town, uh, it does actually translate to to Innsmouth, and so she is literally in the town that is from that Lovecraft story <laughs> that they're riffing on, which is funny. <laughs> so she goes to this dark tunnel, kind of searching for a way home. Hello. Coming in here has got to be the worst idea I have ever had. I must be out of my mind. Me. 
she even like kind of comments on like this is a dumb idea why did it just like walk into this creepy tunnel <laughs> which is I, I assume again probably something that doesn't uh you know come up in the japanese version it's probably she's probably just walking yeah it's definitely like the english version just sort of like <laughs> being like this is weird right like why are you why is this character doing this <laughs> we're gonna comment on this so she encounters the shadows that she saw earlier, uh, but in this case, like, she recognizes that they're Digimon. Are you Digimon? Digimon. I don't know if we're Digimon, but I know we're Scubamon. We have big flippers for swimming deep in the ocean. We have no idea how we got down here or how long we've been in this awful tunnel. You poor things. What happened to you? We don't remember. One day we were serving our undersea master, and the next minute we were here, and we feel terrible. This is awful. Like you said, they're like, we don't know if we're Digimon, but we know we're Scubamon. <laughs> <laughs> and these are Digimon that have been enslaved uh, by the Digimon Emperor with those dark spirals, which is a thing that is common in this season. So it's not really surprising to see this. It's just weird that they're in this like weird, creepy, black and white dark ocean world. So um, the Scubamon tell her that they actually summoned her to help them because they thought that she could use her like strange enigmatic like light powers to free them (laughs) from the dark spirals. And like that's a thing that has come up before. It's never been a thing that's really explained. She just has these strange powers of light that sometimes come up and make cool things happen. Sometimes it doesn't do it. Sometimes nothing happens, but in this case, they somehow seem to be aware of it. So they somehow pulled her into this world so they could, so she could free them. Um, but before she can an Erdramon, which is like a common Digimon that the Digimon emperor uses, uh, shows up and attacks them. And Kari sort of starts to despair even deeper than she was before because she's all alone and can't fight without her friends. For anyone who needs the visual, Erdramon is like a purple or blue snake looking dragon <laughs> thing with red wings, basically. And it's like a, I think it has a skull for a face, right? Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of got like a skull helmet face. And it's the Scubamon, and it, we'll get into it, but. They they sort of you they you do feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. They they are this. Uh, uh, they they seem very pathetic. Um, and the thing I wonder, you know, when you get into the whole like this being a different dimension or the digital world, the fact that they're you know, I guess enslaved by the Digimon Emperor, you know, is such a weird wrinkle in all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that well, it's it's weird, and I think that there's two ways you can you know it's it's never explained, but I think there's two ways you can read it is that the the sort of rules of all of this stuff, like they're referencing stuff from the show, but like it's not really following the rules of it, right? Because the Digimon Emperor himself does not appear in this episode. They say that he did this. They say that he built a control spire. They say mm-hmm. that that's his Erdramon. They say he put the dark spirals on these Digimon, but he never appears to validate that. And in the future, he never says, like he never says that he did this. So mm-hmm. you could argue, and the way that the dark spirals work um, normally is that they that the Digimon just become like mindless slaves and do whatever the Digimon Emperor tells him. And in this case, the Scubamon are like fully sentient and are yes, just like, in yes. pain and recognize that they're enslaved, which is never how it's worked before. So I think you could argue that all of this shit is fake, that like all of it, all of it is a lie, you know, like all of it is mm-hmm. just fabricated so to, to get Kari into the world to buy all of this. 
it is possible that like the Digimon Emperor, like he has, we find out much later in the show that he has been to the dark ocean. Like that's his origin. So you could argue that maybe he went back there and tried to put dark spirals on these, like not Digimon creatures and built a control spire and left But because they're not actually Digimon, like it didn't work the same way. I think that's also valid and works. I just think that like for the episode, the vibe of the episode, I think it kind of works better if you just like, assume that like none of this is real but it also like doesn't really matter if you know or not because it's all kind of freaky regardless right no i think that's a good way to look at it (laughs) you just it's much more interesting that way to think that you know this whole whatever this is just exists to basically fuck with you yeah yeah which again very lovecraft like it's just it's all just there fucking with your mind for no reason because you can't comprehend what's happening (laughs) or or any of their motives yeah so padamon gadawan and tk are at the beach they're like just shouting kari's name because they don't know what else to do which is really funny to me (laughs) but i guess it works i guess it's enough of a connection because like they see like a light in the sky and they get a vision of kari so they're like cool okay we're just gonna jump into this light and now we're transported to that dark ocean dimension Nine lives. Whoa! TK, promise me we'll never do that ever again. Uh, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know the rules of this, so why not? We'll just say that that makes sense. So they immediately join the fight. Padamon armor evolves to Pegasus Mon, uh, but that's we referenced earlier. Godomon realizes she can't armor evolve because Kari doesn't have her D terminal. However, she deduces. Somehow that the lighthouse is a control spire, which is a thing in this season that prevents Digivolution. So the Digimon have to like go around it by armor evolving. But she figures, okay, hey, Pegasus Mon, you destroy that control spire. I can naturally Digivolve. Um, So they do. And she Digivolves to Angewomon for the first time since the very first anime. Like she hasn't, we haven't seen Angewomon at all in this entire series up to this point. So, you know, if you're a fan of that Digimon, that's a big deal. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. One of the best Digimon in my opinion. I I love I, I love Angel Woman, Angel Mon, Magnet. I, I love all the. I'm not like a religious person at all, but I just mm-hmm. love all the Angel Digimon. I just think they're so, so cool. Yeah, just they're just they're just cool. The designs of them are so fucking wild and elaborate. I love it. Yeah, I've the Angel Digimon were my were my were my favorites uh, as a kid, and I mean up till now too. Absolutely, it's super cool and like. You have your cool, in the English version, you have your cool, like, Digimon rock songs playing in the background. Angelomon just like wipes the floor like she just like kills Andromon like instantly without breaking a sweat she just like points at the dark spirals and they're gone and it's like cool save the day everything's fine and fun but then the episode takes a record scratch yeah yeah <laughs> episode takes a real turn because suddenly these scubamon as they're freed from the dark spiral they start like their bodies start like pulsating and like shifting into this creepy, like shadowy shape. 
And the shape that they're in, if you've seen like artistic interpretations of Lovecraft's deep ones, mm-hmm. they're very clearly meant to look like a, like a silhouette of that is exactly what they are. <laughs> Much better. Now that's what I call a red-eye reduction. Wait a second. You guys asked for my help and I gave it to you. Now what do you want? (gasps) Don't hurt me. Let her go, you creeps. Come with us, child. You'll be our new queen. We need you. I trusted you guys and you lied to me. They're not even like a full silhouette. They're like kind of a silhouette, but they, you can still see like their eyes visibly. It's really, it's a really cool, weird design. It is the, this moment, this moment and one earlier when she, so when Kari, there's a, when she first encounters the scuba mon, there's a real quick frame. And I wish I'd screenshot it and shared it with you, mm-hmm. but it's just the way it's animated, like the, the light on her face, like the way her, it's just like, it's just a horror. It's like a horror on her face that, but it's so well lit. It's just such a weird frame. And it just, it's so, it's the thing I've kind of visually remember the most from this episode yeah. besides the, the end of the, uh, you know, like that last, you know, the Cthulhu rising, but this, <laughs> this moment <laughs> where the, it's like, it is so unsettling it with the, so like it, <laughs> yeah. for a, for a creepy episode of weird. It's like, it's like, it's like, it just ramps it up a notch right at the end. Yeah. Cause you don't like expect it at all. Like this isn't set mm-hmm. up at all. Do you remember watching this episode for the first time at all? I, I don't, but I remember, but, but I, and I wish I could Me too. You know, Cause so at this time in my life, I was going, um, I was watching episodes a lot, recording them and coming back and watching them. I would set like the VCR tape cause we were, um, we would travel a couple hours away to go see my dad in prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would come back and watch him. So I'm sure that's how I watched it. Like I can tell you for sure. That's probably how I watched mm-hmm. it. Um, it was like on a Sunday, like, you know, the next day or something. But I know that it had to left an impression on me just because it was so it's the, the episode that I think I remember the most about of any episode in this season, <laughs> like yeah. you know, from, you know, without having going back and rewatching an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I remembered when I first watched it too. I there's, it's funny cause there are episodes of Digimon that I do remember watching it. Like I remember what my memory was and I don't with this one, but I do know that this absolutely stuck in my brain and I, and I was definitely, I do remember being fascinated by it and always wanting more from it. I just like this, this, this twist is so, so out of left field and so creepy the way that it just it just happens and they just yeah and the way the horror Kari's look of horror and the way they start pulsating and just like the design is so creepy because it's just like oh cool angel woman angel woman save the day like i love to see her i haven't seen her in so long she's one of my favorites oh shit what the fuck what's happening now (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah it's like it's so it's so antithetical to how these you know, episodes of Digimon, any real act kids action show works. It's like, okay, all the, the evil is over and it's time to go back and yeah. we're, we're all home and, and Kari's in the right headspace and we're all good. Nope. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <We're>... <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. So here's where I have a list of very uncomfortable things <laughs> because, um, so, okay. First off, the English version, it's a little bit easier. It's all creepy no matter what. But so these deep ones, 
uh, in, the, in the English version, they say that, like, basically, the real ver- reason that they pulled Kari into the world because they wanted her to be their queen. But we thought you would love to be our queen. With your power, you could lead us in the battle against our undersea master. But I guess we were wrong. Beware, child. Our master can sense your power, too, and he will come for you. I'm ready to go home now. It could be worse. We could be scraping gum at school. So beware our master. He is going to come for you. He never will. Uh, And then they just like (laughs) creepily just like retreat into the darkness, into the dark ocean, and then just disappear. So that's creepy enough on its own. It's a creepy enough twist that like it was all the, the, the enslavement thing was apparently all a ruse. Like they really just wanted her to be their queen and I guess prove herself to them. I don't know. Like it's not, it's, it's all just, just meant to be creepy, right? There's a couple of things. So first of all, the Japanese version, the original version, what they actually want is not for her to be their queen, but is to mate with her and create offspring that will defeat the Digimon Emperor. So I can sort of see why the (laughs) Japanese writers were like, we're going to ignore that plot point and never address this stuff ever again. I kind of get that. (laughs) Can't imagine why that would be uh, something you'd you'd want to maybe skip past and and never revisit. (laughs) Right. Here's the other thing, too, and I hate that I bring this up, but I feel like I have to because we talked a lot about, like, Lovecraft's racism and stuff, and this is all based on Lovecraft's work. There is something really kind of fucked up. I, it wasn't, I know that it wasn't intentional. I know that it's just an accident. But there is something really fucked up about the fact that, like, the Deep Ones are slaves who are freed from being slaves and then turn out that, like, actually they were evil all along and now they want to basically like rape the person that like uh, that saved, saved them. them. <laughs> like there's a lot real bad about that. If you read between the lines and I know that it wasn't intentional, but like, good God, does that not, does that not go over well? <laughs> yeah. Not, 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 not a good uh, way to. Uh... Yeah. yeah. You don't want to, send this tape to the right uh, university to, to, to disseminate into and, and, uh-huh. and, and start attacking. It's a, um, yeah, that's a, that's a, it's you know, not great. A very unfortunate way to interpret it. That is very valid. Yes. Which is why another reason that I think the English version is better. <laughs> Cause I think the queen thing, it's creepy enough. I don't, I mean, you still have the, like, the slaves being being freed, but then they're actually battle along like that stuff's there for, you know, that stuff's there no matter what. But it's like better when it's just creepy because they want Kari to be their queen. Like that's that's kind of like a very old school kind of like a fairy tale like creepy story twist. You know, I think that that works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's something that. Yeah, I mean, you can still read it into sure. it like, a, oh, we're we've been freed, but we need a a master still sort of thing is still sort of a bad, but it's, but it's, it is better than, Oh, we want to, you know, impregnate you. And and this is not, this is not even getting into the fact that this is an 11 or 12 year old, you know, girl. Uh (laughs) Good God. It would be creepy if it was a 22 year old. Uh 
Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. But thankfully, thankfully, um, they're they're not they're leaving. They're not attacking further. They they retreat into the ocean no matter what. And like the the other thing, like I said, I, I like the English version better because the, I love the metaphor of Kari is in deep despair. Her friend who recognized that she needed help and like who knows her better than anyone really comes in and like helps lift her out of that despair and like sh- and helps her empower herself to recognize that she can be strong. And they escape together by flying into the sky, re-entering the light that they came from. And there's even in the English version, this nice little acknowledgement that like, they do care for each other, and it's really sweet and nice, and I love it. Thanks for coming after me, TK. I really appreciate it. It's okay, Kari. I know you do the same for me. Hey, TK, remember this morning when you said you really cared for me? What did you mean by that? Huh? Oh, well, you know, it was just stuff. Well, you know what? I care for you, too. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, you know, period on the on the story. Yeah. That- you know, and and if it ends there, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's a and but but then you have the you know <laughs> what we end with. Who is this evil dark undersea master? Don't miss the upcoming Digimon Digital Monsters. And which is really the root of the controversy because I think even yeah. if you. I think if you leave in that, you know, that part where the Scubamon are retreating and, and, you know, so, so there's this, at the, the final scene, the, the Cthulhu Dagomon rises out of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you just end it with our master will come for you, maybe there's, you know, people still probably talk about that, but I don't I think if you see it rising out right. of the ocean, <laughs> it, it's a different yeah adds emphasis to it because so much of the episode is kind of like ambiguous as to like what's really going on like we even talked about like how you can interpret it and like is this real or is it fabricated or not but like when you actually physically see their undersea master and it's a digimon that you could point to if you collected the cards or something mm-hmm. you'd be like oh I, like, I think i have his card like you could have the card and be like oh that's the guy so this is the explicit digimon on screen that will appear later now <laughs> and then he never does so cool <laughs> yeah a very and a very a very cool digimon like i think that's mm-hmm. the other thing is like i you know i could understand if you were someone that was familiar with it like being um upset that it never this was never paid cuz it's it would have been cool to have seen this villain yeah um because clearly would have been a, a, an arc defining mm-hmm. villain for sure. Uh, not just some one-off thing. So it, it could have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I mean, I, I, again, I, I, I kind of get why the writers just kind of wanted to, you know, it, the Japanese writers wanted to uh, avoid the weird, like mm-hmm. Kari impregnation thing. And it's like the more explicit stuff you pull from this episode, the more you'd have to potentially have to revisit that. And so it, it is, it is interesting that they do still keep the dark ocean as a recurring element and just nothing else from it. But like, I also get it at the same time. And like, at the end of the day, it ends up making this episode feel so much more 
ex- like mysterious and weird and like stands out in your mind even more than I think it would have already just because it had that like dangling carrot that they never that they never, you know, uh, revisit at all. It just it just makes it even more of a weird enigma of an episode, even after you get the explanation from the writers, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I think it definitely it it certainly the episode is better for the fact that it kind of leaves the loose ends it is weird as that sounds to say out loud in in a way like um you know what 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 doesn't exist and what you wish exists that could have sprung from this um is probably not as good as just the fact of you know the conversation that has occurred Mm -hmm. 20 years since it aired really absolutely absolutely yeah. The only other random note that I just noticed that I didn't bring up, it, I think it's just kind of fun that uh, another thing that makes that episode stand out is like TK doesn't wear his hat through like most of the episode because it all takes place in school, which is like a really minor thing. But that always stuck out to me because, you know, this, mm-hmm. is, this isn't a sh- most of the, it's a cartoon. Most of the time they're wearing the same outfits. And so to see him without his hat the whole time, because he's just running around school most of the time, I think it makes this episode stand out even more <laughs> like that. It already did just because you had that visual interpret like visual uh, marking that this is like something different than what you normally get. Oh yeah. Well, it always stuck out to me watching this, how his hair <laughs> is animated. Like it's just, it's, it moves like there's a movement there and it's like, and maybe that is exists in some forms, but you don't, you just never notice it because he's yeah. always wearing the hat. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's a, it's a cool episode. It's a, it's a very, I mean, I, I'd put it up there with as far as just, you know, the impressions it left on I me. Mean, it's, it's as mm-hmm. memorable an episode of across all of Digimon. Yeah. As in, you know, the, you know, I would maybe even say it is the most memorable in some ways. Yeah. But, oh, I love it. I think it's just the, the general vibe of it in both versions is so wild like and and like whether whether you watch the japanese version and get this really quiet creepy episode or you watch the american version where they have funny jokes i don't even think i i explicitly mentioned it in the context of the episode but like the one of the other pa announcements is like someone <laughs> dumped jelly donuts in the pool like it's just it you get those funny jokes to contrast these wildly creepy things that are happening that gives it such a distinct vibe from the rest of the show and really makes it stick out in a way that like, I almost kind of wish the show would experiment a little more like this sometimes. And just like, like I kind of wish every season had their, their one just weird ass episode that was clearly an homage to something very specific that just doesn't fit into the rest of the show, but lets the characters just kind of exist in that separate genre or story, you know, cause this one, it, it just like, yeah, it, it is one of my favorite episodes of the show, even though it is just, so strange and like doesn't really play that much into the rest of the season ultimately well and it's interesting you know because this uh, right at, you brought it up earlier i think that the, the episode right before this is like a western homage mm. and and it couldn't be more it, it's just funny how an episode like that you know it's 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 a send-up sort of the of that genre especially in um you know some of the the tropes and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, the, the 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 duels and and, and the the sheriff and, and all that kind of thing. The Digimon and, who's literally but, just a giant gun, <laughs> a giant revolver, <laughs> <laughs> and and just how you know even though it, it's in some ways like you know it's an homage to western. This is an homage in in a in a way to you know to to all the Lovecraft stuff. But how 
you know, I don't know. I, I'm sure somebody that that Western episode is like their favorite episode, mm-hmm. and it's the best episode of Digimon ever. And but like it just doesn't, it, it doesn't feel as impressionable as this one does. Yeah, and that's not to say it's not a bad episode. I mean, it's just it is. There's certainly a different vibe about this, even though they're both sort of going for that <laughs> kind of same thing in terms of you know, as far as just you know, framing themselves around a motif. Yeah. Yeah, there really is nothing else like this episode <laughs> that exists in the way that it does. It's it's wild. <laughs> Digimon's good, y'all. You should if you're if you if you're if you're somebody that hasn't watched it. It was because this was fun for me when you know, Derek reached out. It'd been a while since I'd seen this episode or or, or most of um, season two of Digimon, and mm-hmm. um, the the most re- you know, I'd watched the the tri movies and Last Evolution mm-hmm. and some of the newer stuff. Um, but it had been a while since I went back and revisited this, you know, the dub is what I've been watching. And, mm-hmm. and it's fun. It's kind of makes me want, I want to just go ahead and finish season two now and, and kind of mm-hmm. just go ahead, do a whole rewatch. Cause you know, it's refreshing how you, know, you can go a decade between watching stuff and still love it and love different things about it and see different things and see it, you know, yeah. it, it sort of, it's always fun to go back through your childhood, you know, things you enjoy and, you can remember why you liked them and then find new things you like and, you know, kind of pick up on different new There's, I mean, there's things, that, you know, things I just never noticed or, or would have never picked up on because you just get smarter and you, um, or you you'll yeah. hopefully get smarter and wiser. And, <laughs> and, beca- and it, <laughs> I don't know, some people, um, but yeah, you know, if you haven't watched Digimon, you should give it a chance. It's a, you know, and, and you should give the dub a chance. I think it's a good, yeah. like you mentioned earlier, it's a good example of, yeah, it took liberties in terms of how it was um, translated, but but it it makes it you know it's not so far removed from right. from what the core qualities that that make it stand out as something that you know, it's clearly you know it's still Digimon's still around. They're still producing mm-hmm. new uh, you know episodes. I think the the newest anime is getting in a dub yep. here in the states. So. It is, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's been great to have you on. Thanks so much. If anyone wants to find you online, where can they find you, Josh? Well, you can find me at, at Kentucky Jam. If you want to see, you know, tweets about Power Rangers, I'm probably bitching about something on there <laughs> um, about a toy. I'm sure. If you like sports, uh, I, I write sports, uh, or I'm a sports writer for um, me. Write sports. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sports writer for a newspaper in Kentucky. Um, you can find me there at Josh Moore HL if you would like to uh, check that out too. Nice. Well, thanks again. If you'd like to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale or on my other podcasts, Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast, which does deep dives into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made and Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, which is a monthly podcast diving into every Pixar film chronologically. You can also follow this podcast at Gimmicks Pod on Twitter and Instagram for some extra goodies and email me your questions, feedback, and corrections to gimmickspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. And until next time, friends, keep being weird.
And then I threw the jelly donuts in the pool. 